Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our Lockdown Project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits. And today I'm talking to my dear, dear friend, Etta Murphit. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi, Etta. <laughs> First question is, what virtual biscuit are you eating today? Uh, a chocolate hobnob. Excellent. I today have gone for a virtual fig roll. Very nice. I do like a fig roll, though, as well. I do. They're an unloved biscuit, but I think they're underrated. Yeah, true. Uh, There's a company manager called Ian Wheatstone who always puts um, those fig biscuits on the tea table and nobody ever eats them. And I always do. (laughs) (laughs) You would be just bringing up the the rear and sort of polishing (laughs) off the fig rolls. So um, how's your lockdown going? Um, It's going okay i'm really busy um more busy than i usually am and spending so much time on zoom chats that it seems endless and end forever but um i'm doing okay there are times when i just go oh my god this is actually happening and i and then i have a little bit of a freak freaky out moment and then i'm fine again I'm fine, you know, everybody's just getting on with it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's true, it hits you in waves, doesn't it? The reality of this situation. And and where are you? Paint me a picture of where you are. Well, I'm actually uh, staying with my partner, Paul, at the moment. And my daughter, Isabel, is in my house in Turnpike Lane. Ah. Um, And that's because my friend Isabel's mum died recently and I went to see her in hospital and without realising we'd been told that she didn't have the coronavirus and in actual fact she did so I had to do a bit of self-isolating and then the lockdown happened and then I just thought I'd better stay here so that's where I am and I'm in South uh, East London I'm looking into a very beautiful little garden and I can hear the birds tweeting away it's yeah, very nice tweeting as well it's gorgeous gorgeous it's really lovely. oh uh, well this is just a chance to chat with you really and say hello but also to do a little bit of reminiscing because i'm doing quite a lot of that at the moment so knowing that i'm going to talk to you today i was thinking about the first time we met and me and etta met on a show called the umbrellas of cherbourg which um was a show that um the simple story is it didn't do very well it it opened in the west end and was closed within a few weeks but it was one of the most beautiful pieces of work i've ever made and we all loved it to this day we all the company really keep in touch um and it was really special to me because i met les brotherston for the first time who designed it and etta murfitt who choreographed it both of them must talk about new adventures a lot but straight away had come um, from new adventures i felt really privileged to work with them but they've both become lifelong friends and particularly you etta i i have to admit i had a bit of a crush on you when we first met because it's really rare <laughs> that is true though isn't it rare when you get to a certain age that you make really good 
to make really good friends. It's rare that you spend enough yeah. time with people or everybody's busy. And I just felt that we met a time in our lives when we were work, both working at a really high level. And you're just the coolest bird in the world and you really make me laugh and you've become like a really treasured friend. So Umbrellas of Sherborg has got all of that shot through it as well. Yeah, I, uh, well, same back at you. Um, I, <laughs> I really loved working on that show. And, and I just, I remember emailing you after I'd seen a run through of the workshop of Umbrellas of Sherbrooke saying, I'd really like to work with you at some point. And then you emailed me back and I was so shocked. And you said, yeah, well, you know, do you want to choreograph it? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. And it was so magical and wonderful and the mix of people uh, was so special and it was, I really cherish that show in my heart massively and we had a laugh, didn't we? We laughed a lot. We laughed so much. And it was an amazing cast. We had Meow Meow, who was astonishing, Cynthia Albuero, who's now Oscar-winning, amazing. I know, an absolute star. Brilliant Carly Borden, Dominic Marsh, Andrew Durand, what a company, Joe Riding. We just were friends forever now. Um, And and what I loved about working with you was you're so... um, easy in the room you know there's there's no um pushed status everybody knows you're in charge but you've got a really similar way of running a room to me you allow the actors to be really creative with their input but you've got you're a natural storyteller so everything that you do sort of is is keyed into the story but most precious to me is you're really funny and you choreograph in a really funny way and for that reason the first bit of music that i've chosen for you i'm not even gonna um I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but this is reminding me of the first time we met, the first time we worked together, and how bloody funny your choreography can be.
that's such a cool bit of music. That is Dig a Ding oh. by Michelle Legrand. <laughs> I love that bit of music and I love my best memory of doing that dance is Dominic Marsh <laughs> doing sort of a the, the, the step that runs all the way through it and it, he was so hysterical doing that <laughs> bit of dancing I loved it and him and Andrew at the end coming on for their bow both doing that step together was just it just sticks in my memory and I love that dance and then when Liza Minnelli came to see the show and then we did that thing with her and we're and Meow Meow taught her the steps I mean come on it's brilliant <laughs> it's amazing oh. and everything about that bit of music it is so quintessentially sort of it's set in the 60s isn't it it's just got such that feel I love it I love it. Oh, I know. French jazz, 1960s, bloody marvellous. Anyway, um, I want to talk a bit about you. um, And I asked you to bring in some music. So talk about the first bit of music that you brought in and why. Well, the first bit of music I brought in is um, a uh, a section of the Nutcracker Ballet. And in the traditional ballet, it's called something like um, Nutcracker and Marie Depart for the, for the Forest or something like that. But in uh, Matthew Ball's version of the Nutcracker, it's a, a wonderful love duet between Clara and the Nutcracker, who was a doll who's turned into a man. And um, it it's one of the first um, love duets that I ever did as a performer, uh, as a dancer. And um, it, every time I hear that music, it takes me right back to falling in love with whoever my nutcracker was that evening. I literally would fall in love every night. And it didn't matter which one it was, because I had several, but I, every night that music would start and he would come through this sort of big opening at the back of the stage and I would immediately fall in love with him. And it is such a beautiful bit of music and the way it grows is so wonderful. I, and it takes me back to that's the first time I did a, uh, a principal role. It's the first time I was um, the main storyteller in a show and I it just fills me with joy every time I hear it.
So what the people that are listening to this won't know is that I can see you, Etta. <laughs> and she's just danced her whole way through that track. It's really perfect because what I wanted to talk to you next, because when I met you as a choreographer, I had no idea what kind of a performer you are. And you're an astonishing performer. Um, I've never known anybody be able to channel emotion through the body like you do. So I wanted to move on to the first time that we worked together as performer and director, which is when you went into a show that you choreographed, The Wild Bride. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> I wonder if we'll talk about a show that we go, oh, I hated that one. <laughs> we have done one of those, but that's another <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, yeah, Wild Bride. So it was a, um, another show that's really close to my heart. It was a knee-high show um, based on a, a fairy tale, a folk tale called The Handless Maiden. And... Etta choreographed it. It was very much of the folk tradition, um, very musical, very physical, and you went into it as the, the, the. There's one leading woman in it, girl, who goes from girlhood through to womanhood, played by three different actors, and Etta played the final iteration of the woman, the, ma- the mature woman, the woman that owns her life and owns her own skin, and it was absolutely stunning to watch you perform in one of my pieces and feel the emotion going through you i know it's all the compliments but it's true Ed. it's true what was it like going um having choreographed something going into it um well daunting initially because it was a um having seen it and and worked on it and um, seen those amazing performers do it um, it was very daunting and also it was um, a different style of performing to what I'd been doing for a really really long time so doing dance theatre um, you have to a lot of the time you're telling the, the stories quite in a really big way and uh, I think you have to be quite um you have to be, of course, you have to be truthful when you're doing dance theatre, but you have to be more truthful when you're doing your work, Emma, I think. And I had to, I found it daunting, mainly because the performers were so extraordinary and you, I sort of doubted myself probably initially. But um, I absolutely loved doing that show and being given the opportunity for for you to give me that opportunity to actually perform in that show was like the best thing ever for me. And it and it launched me in, um, in a different way. I, I, I learned something about myself. I knew that I could do a different style of performing and still, still storytell, but do it in a different way. And I'm really thankful for you allowing me to do that because I, I absolutely loved it. It was one of the, well, I've done lots of brilliant things, but I think it was one of the best things I've I've done, as well as all the other shows that we've worked on. But it was, for it that, was a really special uh, one. And I, and I mean, I, I can remember watching because it was the first time I'd seen your process as a performer. And of course, you knew the work intimately because you'd made it with me. But I can remember being really bowled over 
by your rigor because you'd never spoken on stage before, had you? No. So it was the first time you used your voice and that was where I did notice your vulnerability because I think you, you'd never use that muscle. And you worked no. so hard at that, worked, worked technically on the vocals but also on your own relationship to your voice and I was so impressed with that. You know, I just saw the work ethic that I think a lot of you dancers have, but but you certainly had, and it was really special to watch. I'm going to do a name check because you were performing with Patricia Kuliavska and Audrey Brisson, and yeah. you took over the role that was created originally by Ava Magyar. And yeah. You took it and made it into your own. So let's have a memory from Wild Bride. One, two, three, four. gone baby you know you're killing me where have you gone now baby I'm dying can't you see where have you gone baby oh won't you tell me I'm caught between the devil and the deep blue sea I'm caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. Between the devil and the deep blue sea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where'd you hide, darling? Your daddy, he ain't mad. Where'd you hide now, darling? You're making me sad. Hi, darling The best I've ever had I'm caught between the good and the very bad I'm caught between the good and the very bad Between the good and the very bad Between the good and the very, very, very bad Between the devil and the deep blue sea Oh, the cast, the original cast of Wild Bride, Stu McLaughlin on vocals. Wow, wonderful. Yeah, that show is, oh, I love it. It's always going to be right in my heart. If you said we were going to do that again, I'd be, yes, yes, yes. Well, don't give me ideas. I'd be yes as well. Come on. Um, tell, Tell us about your second piece of music and why you chose it. It's um, it's from a film called uh, Fahrenheit 451, uh, and it was from a book written by Ray Bradbury. And the music is composed by Bernard Herrmann, and that was actually in 1966. That was the year I was born. Um, but the reason I chose it is because at the moment we're supposed to be with New Adventures uh, on the road with Red Shoes. And um, a lot of the music within Red Shoes is Bernard Herrmann music. And we use this particular bit of music and it's called, it's the Prelude from Fahrenheit 451. And um, it, it is absolutely magical and, and um, mysterious and um, it's so inviting in terms of storytelling. As soon as you start listening to it, it, it could take you down any path. And I remember when I first heard it, um, 
it just opened up a whole world of creativity for me when we started um, working on the, the ballet within the Red Shoes Ballet. And so that's why I chose it, because it we should be on the road with it now, really, and we're not, and it is a brilliant bit of music. I'm, um, as you know, the Red Shoes is close to my heart, and I'm also a fangirl of Matthew Bourne's New Adventures, because I love the work that he creates and you create with him so much. Um, and the combination, I have to say, I think the Red Shoes is, your Red Shoes is so special to me, because the film's so close to my heart, but it's the most sumptuous, emotional, vivid, heartbreaking experience. It's exquisite from beginning to end, so I'm going to enjoy this one as well. Gosh, it's so evocative, isn't it? It is. It's just so wonderful. And it just sort of, you could go anywhere, couldn't you? I danced my way through that one as well. That's calling <laughs> on my desire to do free movement at all times. <laughs> right, I'm going to speed us forward to another knee-high show, Tristan and Isolt. Yes! Oh, my God! <laughs> it's like memory lane, isn't it? So Tristan Nizal I made so many years ago, I want to say 2004, who knows? But it's had many iterations and everyone um, has revealed layers of this amazing story to me. And every new person that's come into the group has, has um, brought something new with them. And you came in and were Isolt for me. And again, you're brilliant. But vocally, I mean, again, looking at that, you not only did you speak brilliantly, you did an Irish accent, didn't you? Oh, my God, yeah. I remember in rehearsal uh, when you said, oh, why don't you try it with an Irish accent? I literally, my stomach fell through the floor at that point and I went, oh, my God, this is... Right, OK. But you, and I, did, I gave it a good go, didn't I? I gave it a pretty good go. You gave it a brilliant go. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. But I was... Um, uh, again, the role was originally created by Ava Magyar and um, with, with her in mind, but also my aesthetic... Um, there were very few words actually there's poetry and then big movement sequences and again your sort of emotional porosity just shone through in um, in that show 
I felt, yeah, porous is the word. I feel that, you know, you could see the love just flowing between you and Tristan and you and King Mark. And it always comes with a fragility and a delicacy and a, and a, and a warmth from you. I think there's a warmth that radiates from you as a performer. And I loved your Isolt. And I'm going to give you a memory of um, one of the most important scenes I've ever sort of created, which has no words in it which is the moment when, after having a, uh, the biggest affair of all time with Tristan, King Mark comes back and he and Iselta are reconciled, not as petulant young lovers, but as damaged grown-ups who find the ability to forgive each other and manage to walk away and rebuild and heal in some way. Come over here, babe, it ain't that bad. I don't claim to understand the troubles that you've had But the dogs you say they fed you to Lay their muzzles in your lap The lions that they led you to lie down and take a nap Are the ones you fear are wind and air I love you without measure Seems we can be happy now It's better late than never Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come Sweetheart, come, sweetheart, come, sweetheart, come. 
now under the stars It's a clear and easy pleasure And be happy in my company For I love you without measure Walk with me now under the stars It's a safe and easy pleasure Seems we can be happy now It's late but it ain't never It's late but it ain't never It's late but it ain't never That breaks my heart and the memory yeah. of you and Mike, Mike Shepherd, playing that scene lives somewhere in my soul always. Yeah, I, for me, that bit was one of the most amazing that's that's one of the most amazing things I've ever performed that moment in the show I mean I, I loved performing all of it but that particular um, moment was always I was so in it every single time I did it it was quite something and I'm crying now <laughs> It really, it really brings it back, doesn't it? All the emotional oh, memories. It's astonishing. Oh, it really but why I love that myth, you know, why that story is so, you know, has, has run through for so many years. It's, this ancient, ancient story is so forgiving. It's so unchristian. It's so... It allows its characters to, to love more than one person and to stumble and to make amends and to find their way back. And there's something about the the complexity of that moment and how it was played and how it was played with no words is, is yeah shakes you to the core yeah you're extraordinary emma you really are uh, um trying to find um a way of telling a story um and that particular moment in tristan isol i think and that music that runs through it and the resolution of it is so perfect you're you're a genius, you are. Oh. A genius. <laughs> Go on. I, I can't tell you how I used to really love... I love doing that show as well. I mean, come on. <laughs> Can we do that again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end of lockdown, we're going to have so many shows we want to do, aren't we? <laughs> oh, God. Let alone the new ones we're dreaming of. Oh, Let's talk about So that was another role that you stepped into. Yeah. Let's talk about the role you created. Let's talk about Nora Chance. So Nora before Chance. I hand over to you, so Wise Children was the first show that I did for my new company, Wise Children. Been wanting to do it for years and it suddenly landed at this moment. And I had no doubt that you were my Nora Chance. Because I feel that you are Nora Chance. So talk to <laughs> me about her. Well, Nora Chance is that sort of um, wonderful character who it, performing and showbiz is her life and she's a proper old Londoner and she's got a twin sister, Dora, and they just live this sort of quite um, difficult, um, uh, or tragic really, but amazing life. They live and they lived, you know, on stage and they loved it and she you're right she's sort of she's a little bit like me i love performing i love 
theatre. I love that life. I love feeling really tired. I like <laughs> feeling that I'm on my last legs. I love. I love all of that. I love all of that. The 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 sort of dirty side of theatre and performing. And I think that's why I just love Wise Children and being able to perform in that show and again another challenge you always give me challenges don't you that was such a massive <laughs> challenge for me so many words and performing with Gareth Snook as well who is my sister who is extraordinary and such a generous performer as well to work with being teamed with him was just brilliant but again quite daunting it was all quite daunting because everybody in that show is brilliant as well I know what I'm doing and I thought it was you 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 were such a brilliant set of twins because you didn't tread on each other's toes in in your strengths so Gareth is such a wordsmith isn't he and a craftsman and you're so emotional which really worked with Nora because of her sadnesses and her love of the art she's more romantic wasn't she yeah and I thought the two of you fizzed next to each other so perfectly yeah and I really enjoyed every night I have to say that was the the anticipation of getting on there and doing my first little tondu and pulled a bra that's what I loved I thought you brought a real authenticity as well which I loved but he did not bring an authentic tondu did he no, no, no. That is everything not, else, but not yeah. authentic tondu. And I thought that you, it, you're, you're, you're a hoofer, a really bloody classy hoofer. Well, I tried. <laughs> I thought to that's where hard. you're my Nora. <laughs> <laughs> you were very good as well. Don't forget. So that's the strange sort of footnote to this: is that I ended up stepping into the role that Etta created, <laughs> and my tondu was not authentic either. I can tell you. <laughs> I think you were bloody good when I saw you. I thought it was amazing. And it was amazing to watch the show uh, because that was one of the first times I'd never um, seen a show because I was in it and that doesn't tend to happen to me anymore. So suddenly I was watching a show that uh, I'd been in and I absolutely loved it. And there were so many things that I weren't even aware of when I watched it. And it is so brilliant. And it's gonna be on the telly. I know, I know it was announced today, wasn't it? Unbelievably. (laughs) I think, I mean, you taught me that. That's something that from the dance tradition, because you always have people covering roles because obviously it's so hard to dance big roles. So you have no sort of strange agenda or status agenda with um, no. the fact that more than one person plays a part. And I've really learned that from you, that, that actually swapping actors into parts is a real opportunity. It's an opportunity for something new to be brought to the role. Yeah. But for both performers to see, so you being able to watch me, when yeah. you go back in as Nora, which I truly believe and hope you will, that that will have really informed you. Yeah, no, it did. It was really good, actually. I've, st- I've, I've logged, I've still got them in my head, some of the things you did. So, but that's, yeah. you know, I think in the old days, I used to dread cast changes. I used to sort of hold on really tight and think I can't bear to make a show again without these people. But now I really understand that if you do it with care and with enough time to make sure that person's got um, room to Im- input and inform the show, it just grows. It just means yeah. more people put their love into it. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Love it. So love that, that note. I'm going to say thank you, Etta, for having tea and biscuits with me. Oh, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't half miss you. 
I miss you too. It's ridiculous. So thank you for being the most amazing collaborator. I I I love working with you as an actor and as a choreographer. I love it when you're in the auditorium with me and we're taking a show. It's like having your best mate next to you. So I look forward to having you beside me and in front of me always because oh. you're the best. Me too, thanks. And I'm going to play out on the final song of Wise Children because we're two girls that like fun, aren't we? Oh yeah, we are. And that, and also, this just also reminds me of when I was like, I don't know, teenager, this song as well. It takes me right back there and then it takes me right to the end of Wise Children as well and how wonderful that was. And I was usually crying at that point as well. <laughs> Come on, let's play it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
If you have a memory or connection you'd like to share on Tea and Biscuits, leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846. That's 0117 318 3846. Keep checking our social media for details of our next show. Tea and Biscuits is part of Wise Children's Lockdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye.